Greetings, conversationalists across America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. So I was on CNN yesterday with Jake Tapper. Now, mom, mom, before you text, or some of the, some of you have started also sending emails and saying, well, why didn't we get to know you were on? Uh, I didn't know I was going to be on. Uh, that's that's the issue here is uh, I got asked late in the day if I could do it. And I said yes. And I was supposed to be on at 445. But then uh, a the Biden decided to have the press conference with Zelensky and they wanted to cover the Zelensky stuff. I was going to talk about campaign politics in the country. And so they put it off and put it off and put it off and. I literally sat in front of a camera for an hour until 5.45. But in that process, heard the press conference at the White House with the president blasting Republicans, ridiculing Republicans, saying Republicans were helping Russia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And that's simply not the case. The Republicans, most of them are willing to help Ukraine. But they want border funding first. They, they want to know what, what what's the deal with Ukraine. So let, let me I, – I, and, yeah, I started the show with this yesterday, but it's important for us to understand, and this is the big news of the day, with the White House press conference, uh, with uh, what the president did, claiming Republicans were helping Russia, yet again accusations of helping Russians. Um, it, it, it was infuriating, really, to hear him stumble and stammer. Um and, you know, he, he, let, me, let me just play you part of this from the president's press conference. We also need Ukraine to make changes to fix the broken immigration system here. We also need Congress to make the changes to fix the broken immigration system here at home. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, Ukraine is going to fix our uh, system. Um, it, it, he's, they're going to fix our immigration system. It just it wasn't it was frustrating to hear the president with that level, frankly, of raw partisanship, attacking Republicans for not doing what he wants, this was part of it from the president. Putin is banking on the United States failing to deliver for Ukraine. We must, we must, we must prove him wrong. You know, we need to fully appreciate, fully appreciate how it's wrong, how this is being viewed around the world and being used by Russia. Russian loyalists in Moscow celebrated when when Republicans voted to block Ukraine's aid last week. The host of a Kremlin-run show literally said, and I quote, well done, Republicans. That's good for us, end of quote. Let me say that again. This host of a Kremlin-run show said, well done, Republicans. That's good for us. That's the Russian speaking. Now, he's right. That did happen. Most of the Republicans, they are willing to fund Ukraine. They're they're willing to fund Ukraine. This is Speaker Johnson with Brett Baer last night on television after the president's press conference with Vladimir Zelensky. I told President Zelensky uh, our, our very clear message. It's the same thing I've been telling to the White House uh, since I, the day I got the gavel, and that is that we stand with the Ukrainian people, the beleaguered people of Ukraine, and against Vladimir Putin's brutal uh, attack, his invasion of their country. But 
um, we have to get our own house in order first. And what I've told the White House and I've reiterated to President Zelensky today is that we have to have some clarity. We've been asking the White House for a clear strategy that will allow Ukraine to prevail in this conflict, and they've not provided satisfactory answers. We need clarity on the oversight over the precious treasury, the taxpayer dollars of the United, uh, American citizens, and, and we need to know how that money is being spent and, and what the end game is. And the White House has been completely unclear about that. Now, the White House is attacking the Speaker, saying, well, we're not going to give you the war plan. Ukraine's not going to tell you how they're going to win. And if like Zelensky, to some degree, said, I, I have a strategy to win, but I'm not going to tell you. That's not what Mike Johnson meant. What Mike Johnson meant was we do want some level of appreciation of what the strategy actually is. How does the White House expect this to wind down? What brings this to an end? If you say it's all out victory, well, then, yeah, I, I think they, the Congress, deserves some level of expectation of what it's going to take to see Ukraine take back all of the territory. And the reason I say that is because privately, quietly, even a lot of Democrats think Ukraine's going to have to give up some territory. They're probably going to have to legally recognize Ukraine belongs to Russia, whether they want to or not. Y'all, I, I support Ukraine. I think we'd be crazy not to help them kill Russians so we don't have to kill Russians. But I also do think just throwing money at them is a bad idea. We need some level of strategy. We need some level of knowledge. Now, the Republicans are willing to do a lot. The Republicans are willing to fund it, but they want the border funded. And you increasingly have Democrats who are thinking, well, we don't want to deal with the border. We, we don't actually want resolution of the border. We are afraid that if we negotiate with the Republicans, and essentially what the Republicans want is a return to the Trump era uh, process of people not coming to this country to apply for amnesty. They have to stay out to do it. Democrats are starting to uh, be worried that that could somehow affect uh, some level of amnesty. Seth Moulton was on scene and listened to this. Yeah, it was notable to hear from President Zelensky today say that the uh, Ukrainian economy has grown 5% this year, this after now its second year in brutal war um, with Russia. That obviously sending a message to lawmakers here that their help has been uh, effective and warranted and welcomed. You know, we talk a lot about Republicans not wanting to continue um, funding Ukraine, at least without getting something in return. The president making clear last week that he is willing to negotiate on border security and take that issue seriously with more investments. How is that sitting with some members of your own party who may be worried, as has been reported, that he's conceding too much on this front? Well, well, here's the concern. I think there are a lot of members of my Democratic Party that recognize we have to do more on the border, that we need to strengthen the border. But we don't want to scuttle what we fundamentally need when it comes to immigration policy in the United States, which is a full immigration deal, a deal that not only includes what Republicans want, which is increased border security, but also what Democrats want, which is a pathway to citizenship, uh, some hope for all the kids, for example were brought here years ago by their parents and yet are sitting in legal limbo through no fault of their own. You got that? The Democrats want some level of comprehensive. We haven't gotten a comprehensive deal in 40 years. But you could go back to Republican border security proposals now and get your funding for Ukraine. So what's really the holdup here? Is it the Republicans or the Democrats? Because, you know, you got two parties in Washington. Democrats barely have control of the Senate. They don't have control of the House. Uh, they don't have control of Joe Biden's brain, but, I mean, they got control of the White House. So what, what's the deal, Democrats? Do you want to save Ukraine or not? Do you want to save Ukraine or not? 
If you want to save Ukraine, if you want to fund Ukraine, if you want to give them the weapons and armaments, one, you need to ask Joe Biden why is he dragging his feet, but two, you're going to have to compromise with the GOP on the border and the Republicans want border security. They don't have to give you Ukrainian funding. And, and here's the God's honest truth, Democrats. Republicans aren't going to lose votes because they don't send money to Ukraine. But you might lose votes. You just might lose votes if you don't come up with some way to fund border security. It is becoming a serious issue with voters. It's showing up in polling. Even Democratic voters are giving Democrats bad marks on the border. All you have to do is compromise with the Republicans on that, and they will give you security. Now, it's true. There are some Republicans who do not want a joined bill. That means they don't want Ukraine funding and the border in one package. But they're going to get it that way because that's how it's going to come over from the Senate. The White House says now, having gone through all the shenanigans yesterday, that they actually are willing to support new border authority to expel migrants without asylum screenings and do a dramatic expansion of border detention and deportations to convince the GOP to back it. The Republicans appear to be caving in. This is one of the concerns with other Democrats, is there are some Democrats, like Seth Moulton, I just played his audio, who's afraid that if the Biden administration does this, they'll never get amnesty. They'll never get the pathway to citizenship. So you've got the Democrats now negotiating. Now, keep in mind as well, Democrats are concerned here because the White House has a pattern of throwing House Democrats under the bus. Remember the D.C. crime bill? The White House said it would oppose it, and the House Democrats decided to oppose it, and then it passed, and Biden decided to sign it. The Democrats themselves are a little bit skeptical, a little bit skeptical of what Joe Biden's going to do. It's a little bit of a problem. And that's okay. If you want the funding, you got to give the funding. If you want, if if you want the funding for Ukraine, you got to fund border security. The White House can hold press conferences and blame Republicans and call them stooges of Biden or stooges of Putin all they want. But the God's honest truth is that if they really want to do this, they're going to have to compromise. Overnight, it appears it's dawning on the White House. I still have Republican senators tell me they'll believe it when they see it. They really are not convinced Biden wants to continue funding Ukraine in the, in the current method, that they do believe. And there are some reporters suggesting that perhaps behind the scenes, the Biden team is privately telling Ukraine, you gotta, you got to come up with a way to get out of this, that you're going to have to surrender some territory. You're not going to get all your land back. At the same time, Devastating toll of the Russians, American officials now saying they think over 300,000, more than 80% of the troops Russia has sent to Ukraine uh, are uh, killed or wounded. That's incredible. That's why they've had to go into prisons, start conscripting people in prisons to go to Ukraine. This has been devastating for the Russians. At this point, it's pretty clear the Russians are going to be able to invade the rest of Europe. The Ukrainians did that to them. And the Ukrainians, we, we, we should be thanking the Ukrainians for doing that to the Russians. At the same time, that also suggests if the Ukrainians have done all that but they can't push the Russians out of their land, then perhaps, just perhaps, it might be time for Ukraine to consider ceding some territory to the Russians and ending the war with some guarantees from the West that they'll be rearmed and emboldened and made stronger so the Russians can invade again. There is a way to do this 
It will require compromise. But this thing can be wound down. But to begin with, the first compromise must be Democrats giving Republicans what they want on the southern border. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Get the podcast, live stream, email, and social media links by texting Eric to 33777 now. Hello, America. I want to be contrarian with you. It's Eric Erickson here. Uh, The Republicans in the House are moving forward with impeaching Biden. I still don't know why we're not impeaching Mayorkas instead. And I realize there's an argument you can do two things at once, but uh, Republicans in the House haven't been able to walk and chew gum at the same time. I, I just, I don't know that this is wise. What's it going to get them? Honestly, I, I, I part of me is cynical here, and, and I realize this, there's some cynicism here, but uh, why not beat him next year? Why not just beat him next year? Uh, trying to impeach him when it's they don't have the votes in the Senate. And by the way, they may not have the votes among House Republicans to even d- do an actual impeachment. You got some of the moderate Republicans who are wondering why. And you get Kevin McCarthy gone, and the House GOP decides to vote on impeachment. You got a one-seat margin with Sanders gone. Maybe you got a Ken Buck or someone like that who doesn't vote with them. Uh, you, you can't even proceed on impeachment. Part of me wonders if Speaker Johnson is deciding to put the whole impeachment process up to a vote to proceed so that other Republicans in the House can kill it. I I don't know. The Messenger, which is one of the newer news sites out there, uh, says Don Bacon, a Republican from Nebraska, suggests probably not when asked if Biden committed high crimes and misdemeanors. They're getting millions of dollars off the Biden name. That's not to say there was a crime by the president regarding his family. Uh, The the hedging from some House Republicans comes as they also plan to vote formally on the House floor to greenlight an inquiry on Wednesday. It's a step the party skipped when former Speaker Kevin McCarthy opened the investigation in September, but the GOP argue the move is necessary now to bypass what they argue is the Biden administration's stonewalling of the probe. Republican Main Street Caucus Chair Dusty Johnson of South Dakota said on Monday there's not much evidence to impeach. But Johnson said the vote this week was not about whether the party would impeach the president or not. I'm not an expert, he said, told reporters, and declared that we have had enough political impeachments in this country. Still, he's willing to back leadership's play because he says the White House hasn't cooperated. Will everybody cooperate, though? Dan Newhouse, Republican of Washington State, said he'd support the impeachment inquiry as a necessary step. They really can't afford to lose anyone. And I guess if you want to begin the formal impeachment, go on and have the formal impeachment process. But, you know, you impeach him, the Senate's not even going to deal with it. They'll do pro forma and then toss it. They're not going to do anything with it. I don't don't know that the Republicans can can walk and chew gum at the same time. They haven't impressed me thus far. I'm willing to to say, okay, go along with it. Uh, Do a deeper investigation. Do the formal vote uh, so the White House can't obstruct it. Get the documents you want. But I, I, I honestly, I'm not optimistic anything's going to come from it. I, I don't believe 
anything is going to come from the Republicans attempting to impeach Joe Biden. Uh, in fact, I can guarantee you that he will not be impeached because the Democrats control the United States Senate and you need a two-thirds vote. And you're not even going to get Mitt Romney to vote to impeach Joe Biden. So why not focus on more important stuff? Why not focus on bigger stuff? Why not focus on Mayorkas and things like that? But who knows? All right, I got to tell you about Vision Computer. Vision Computer wants to be your computer builder and service department. Vision will build a laptop or a desktop for you, PC, and then they service it. So anyone who gets a computer from Vision gets a phone number, and you can call that phone number. I have the number because we have a computer from them. And if you got a question, how do I do something on my computer, they can answer it. If something's not working right, you think, they can take care of you. In fact, if you've got a business, think about this. You're a businessman. You don't want to have to hire an in-house IT guy. You can rely on Vision, and they help people nationwide. Nationwide, from California to Maine, they help people, and they help companies. They can help you, too. Faster than a Google search, you can get answers from Vision Computer and save money. You can go to visioncomputers.com, or better yet, call them, 404-COMPUTE, 404-COMPUTE. Tell them I sent you. Tell them Eric Erickson sent you. They're going to give you an even better deal. They're going to save you more money. And if you don't have Vision Computer for your home or office for a low annual fee, they'll become your service department, too. They want to help anyone with technology. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Tell them I sent you. Smart, fearless, and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. While all the stuff was happening in Washington last night, Ron DeSantis is in Iowa. He did a town hall last night. I was actually on CNN late yesterday uh, talking about the town hall and what he and Nikki Haley need to do. I, I, I want to be very honest with you. So it will let me back up. Tangent, tangent, tangent. Uh, so I belong to a nerdy group. They would die if they knew I referred to it as a nerdy group. So I belong to this group. It's a 100-year-old organization. And it meets once a month. And you have to buy dinner and present an, a paper of some kind on a topic you're interested in. I know, right? <laughs> so a buddy of mine who's a federal judge invited me to go one night, and it's, it's a number of people I know, uh, and it's kind of a who's who group, actually, in my area of uh, college presidents and senior lawyers and doctors and judges and stuff like that. But I went once, and suddenly I was in the group. I didn't realize if you showed up once, you, you, you became part of the group. Well, it was my turn to deliver the paper last night, so I bought everybody a really nice steak dinner with chocolate chip bread pudding, no less, at a great restaurant, and I presented my paper on polling and the polling data, and I was on CNN ahead of time talking about it, and, and this came up last night as well at dinner of what do these candidates need to do, and I just strongly am of the opinion that Haley and DeSantis have been running for second place. They haven't been running for first place. If you're going to become first place, you got to find out a way to take on Trump, and none of them have really done it. They both started to, but we're six weeks from Iowa. They've only just really started upping the criticisms of Trump. Then I think they need to do more of that. Um, DeSantis can take Trump on for COVID. I think that Haley can take him on on, on business matters and spending. Uh, I, I think those things really are ways to do it. Now, DeSantis was asked about this by Jake Tapper last night. Uh, I want to play you some of his town hall from CNN. This is part of it. 
when it comes to Trump and debates. Over the weekend, um, Donald Trump compared the bravery of those who have served in the military with his decision to debate Hillary Clinton in 2016 after the Access Hollywood tape came out. And, and you, you, you tweeted about it. You seem, you seem defended by it. So, uh, you know, Donald Trump, so he's, uh, when he gets off the teleprompter now, you don't know what he's going to say. He's a different Donald Trump than 15 and 16. You know, back then he was colorful, but it was really America first about the policies. Now, a lot of it's about him. And when he's doing this and says that debating Hillary Clinton after Access Hollywood was like an example of bravery that some general told him was, was more significant than soldiers who fight and die in war, that is offensive and that is wrong. Debating is the bare minimum that a political candidate should do. And I would note, Donald Trump has refused to debate throughout this campaign. He doesn't think he owes it to Iowans. He doesn't think he owes it to Granite Staters to show up and debate and answer questions. He doesn't think he should come and have to answer questions from voters. A lot of times he'll come and give a speech and leave. He's not going to visit all 99 counties. Nobody is entitled to this nomination. You've got to earn this nomination. And that was DeSantis on Trump. Now, he had some he had some good moments. I want to give him his due, and I want to play you some of these questions. He actually took questions from the crowd, uh, and they were, they were caucus goers, Republican caucus goers who were undecided are the ones who were asking him. These weren't people connected to campaigns. CNN went out. They found undecided voters who regularly attend caucuses to ask questions. Here's one of them. Good evening, Governor DeSantis. Ads continue to run in Iowa, showing you are saying you're going to ban fracking, while also showing a debate performance where you said you were for fracking. Can you please tell us your position and why you told the women on the video you would ban fracking? Yeah, so, so that, that, is a, that ad has been debunked uh, by even liberal media. You have to frack to be able to get the energy. Marcellus, the Permian Basin, I did a huge energy rollout in September. We're opening it all up federal lands. We're going to get the permitting going. We're going to do all that. You have to frack. What she's talking about and clipping is the state of Florida voters in our Constitution said no drilling offshore on our beaches. A lot of people in Iowa go to Marco Island and all these places. And I think the voters, it wasn't for anything with global warming. It was because they didn't want to see a spill that would then hurt the tourism. And they made that sing. So as governor, of course, I've, I've done that. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to frack throughout this country. You have to frack to be able to get this done. I Okay, that, that was one of those questions. He also uh, got questions from Jake Tapper in the crowd. You and your wife, uh, Casey, who's with us here tonight, have talked on the campaign trail uh, about her breast cancer diagnosis in 2021. Thankfully, she is in remission. She, she's all, all good now. But um, yes, absolutely. Um, what, what was that experience like for your family? Well, at the time of the diagnosis, we had a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And, I, and, and obviously, any of these diagnoses are tough. But I think when you talk about breast cancer with a mother of young kids, it's especially uh, devastating because you're thinking about these kids may not have a mother. It was also a situation where my wife, she just has a sense. She, she felt something. She went to see the doctor. Doctor, doctor cleared her. And then she came back to me and she said, you know, I don't know. And I was like, you're fine. Because, like, for me, if a doctor told me I'm fine, I would never think twice. I'd be off to the races. I know. But she had a sense. So she really fought for herself to be able to, to get a mammogram. And then when, we, then when she got it, it came back, unfortunately, with, with bad news. Uh, but had she not been willing to do that, who knows what would have ended up happening. And uh, so, you know, it's uh, when you see somebody that you love 
go through the, the chemo and it just sucks the life out of you and everything she had to go through. Uh, as a husband, I'm there doing 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 what I can to, to be the helping hand and to help with the family and everything. Uh, but you almost wish like I could do a chemo for her so she didn't have to do it all this time. I, I got to tell you guys, that's the one that resonates with me. Forget the policy stuff. My wife's battle with lung cancer. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny to say that, that his wife had that sense that there was something wrong. I remember I had to be the one to tell my wife she had six months to live. And she was like, no, you're crazy. And now she's coming out of anesthesia from surgery where they discovered this stuff in her body. And I had to be the one to tell her, no, 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 the, the doctors, look, you, you, you're, you got six months to live. She was right. Everybody else was wrong. And they finally realized they misdiagnosed it. Although, you know, I, I, I say that story's a bit of providence because had they not misdiagnosed her the, 10 years later, uh, they would not have realized she had the lung cancer that she has, and, and they would have never caught it until it was too late. But because of that misdiagnosis 10 years earlier, they were able to catch it. But, you know, she tends to have this sense, too. It's it's uh, women. Y'all, okay, if you're a woman listening right now, you're nodding along. You, you you know that either you or a lot of the women around you have these. I don't know a guy who does. We always think we're falling apart and, and, and there's something wrong, but we're never going to go to the doctor. Uh, women, though, y'all got this in eight cents. I, I, don't, I don't really understand it, but um, – God bless you for it. One last one from the DeSantis Town Hall last night. This is another resident of Iowa asking a question. Governor DeSantis, I'm 27 years old, and I never remember the country being so deeply divided and in a worse position mentally than ever before. My question for you tonight is, how will you specifically help reunite this amazing country? Well, thanks, Grant. I appreciate that. And you're right. Look, I think what we've seen is we've seen fighting polarization for no reason. So, look, there's important issues. You can count on me. I'm going to take strong stands. I'm going to deliver big results. As a leader, when you make decisions, not everyone's going to like it. That just goes with the territory. But I'm not going to do is go out of my way to alienate people for no reason. If there's a substantive disagreement, let the chips fall where they may. But I think if you look at, like, like you know, Trump tweeting and, and attacking people, I think that created division that we didn't need. I think Biden, when he gives that speech in front of the, uh, the thing where his fists are there saying that, that, that MAGA is are like almost anti-American, that creates division. We don't need to be doing that. We need to be focusing on principle. We need to aim higher. Uh, and we need to deliver results for people. If you disagree with me 50% of the time, Okay, we'll hash that out. But I want to work with you on the other 50%. Heck, if someone agrees with me 20% of the time, we can fight on the 80, but you got to be willing when the next issue comes up uh, to be willing to work on, on the 20. That's just how I am as a leader. And in Florida, we had some, some tough fights, but I've also done some of my policies that got unanimous support. Some of the things we've done for conservation, some of the things we've done to raise teacher salaries, some of the things we've done to support police officers. So it can be done. But I do think it requires a leader that's going to appeal to the better angels of our nature. Got applause on that one. Uh, there at the end, you heard that pop. That was actually people beginning to clap. I, you know, I, so I, I had this dinner last night as a group. Of, it's, it's largely not all of them, but most of them definitely lean to the right uh, Republican. And everybody is just so exhausted already. We're six weeks from Iowa, and people are already looking forward to 2028. And part of it is the level of angry antagonism that's out there in the country right now. And, and it, there, there's so much of it in the country right now. And like this guy said, people are people are picking fights over just the dumbest stuff. People are picking fights for the sake of picking fights. That doesn't mean that there aren't real issues and there, there aren't real divisions in the country. But also, not everything is as divisive as it is on social media. Not everything is as divisive 
as as Donald Trump or Joe Biden would have it have you believe that it is. And and some people just want to be biblical donkeys, if you know what I mean, just for the sake of being them. It it, it they want to squabble. The level of victimization on both sides, it is not just the left. There are people on the right who want to feel abused, picked on, put down, and, and are defensive all the time about stuff that there's no reason to be defensive all the time about. They just want to be victims. I, I, I get this with some of you. You know, it's like, for example, and again, I know this example gets me hate mail. It, it gets me hate mail every time. But like Father's Day comes around, and it's Father's Day, people. It's, let me say this again. It's Father's Day. And so I talk about Father's Day. You will not be surprised to learn every single year when I talk about Father's Day. And by the way, I talk about Mother's Day too. But on Mother's Day, I never get single dads who email me upset that I talked about Mother's Day and the meaning of moms and the necessity of moms. But my gosh, I talk about Father's Day and the need for dads in the household. And there is always an angry single mom who emails me upset about it. And I understand the emotional trauma of having a man abandon you with a kid. I get all that. But my gosh, it's not always about you. It is not always about you being a victim and people want to be victims. And I use that example very precisely because I do think it's very notable. Every single year I talk about Mother's Day and I never get a single dad who gets upset with me. And every single year I've been on radio for 12 years and every single one of those 12 years, I've gotten angry emails from single moms when I talk about Father's Day and Father's Mattering. Some people just want to be mad about stuff and life is just too short. Life is just too short to do business with companies that don't share your values when you could go to a company that gives you great service and shares your values like Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile gives you guaranteed great service using the same cell towers you're already using, and the company shares your values. At its very core, it's a Christian conservative company, and they spend their profits on Christian conservative causes. You move your business to Patriot Mobile, they give you great service in return using the same cell towers you're probably already using, and then as their profits grow, their giving to the conservative causes you care about also grows. It's a fantastic way to expand your giving within the conservative movement by working through Patriot Mobile. You can call them if you want to do it online. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. Again, call them at 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. Get free activation with my name or just go online to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can move your cell service. Keep your phone number. You don't have to give up your phone number if you don't want to. patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. Want to be on the show? Hello? Hello? I'd love your show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. Join Eric's Army of Activists. Text ARMY to 33777 now. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson. Here are the phone number, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, this hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They're in Noonan, Georgia, but don't let that discourage you if you're in Kalispell, Montana, or Grand Forks, North Dakota. Uh, Grand Forks, one of our newest affiliates, by the way. You, too, can use First Liberty. If you're buying a building, building a building, getting a loan for a franchise purchase or buying out a business competitor or something like that, 
You go to FirstLibertyGA.com, get their contact info, call them, tell them I sent you. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're fit for you. See if you're fit for them. They've got a special program. They've been doing it since the 90s. They help businesses grow. They want to help your business if they can. FirstLibertyGA.com. I would be remiss if I did not play this audio. Uh, this is uh, Jake Tapper and the CNN panel of this discussion. Um, Chris Nunu, the governor of New Hampshire, has endorsed Nikki Haley. The DeSantis team was trying very hard to get the Sununu endorsement and did not get it. He was asked about that. Um, sharp response here. So earlier this evening in New Hampshire, uh, Republican Governor Chris Sununu endorsed your opponent, Ambassador Nikki Haley. I'm wondering how much harder you think that's going to make your path to victory in New Hampshire. Well, unlike some people running, uh, if someone doesn't endorse me, I'm not going to go trash them. Chris is a good guy. He's done a good job. And I'm going to continue to say he's good. He's a really good campaigner. I mean, excellent campaigner. Uh, so in that sense, I think it's a, it's a benefit for her. But here's the problem. Even a campaigner as good as Chris is not going to be able to paper over uh, Nikki being an establishment candidate. I mean, she's getting funded by liberal Democrats from California, like the uh, founder of LinkedIn, people on Wall Street, like the head of J.P. Morgan. Uh, she's getting all these folks that are going to her Guess what, guys? Those folks do not want to see conservative change in this country. So why are they gravitating to her? And I think her positions on things like saying her first day in office, she's going to demand that everyone produce their name on social media. She said, I want your name. What, you're going to dox the whole country? Conservatives have been singled out. You know, that was a, that was a, a deft answer. He praised Chris Sununu and pivots towards attacking Haley's record. Um, I don't think endorsements matter that much. I don't think Kim Reynolds matters that much for DeSantis in Iowa or Vanderplatz to a degree. There's a caveat here. I don't think Chris Sununu matters that much in New Hampshire. To the extent they matter, it's what they bring to the table. If it's just an endorsement, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Chris Sununu, he can fundraise for Nikki Haley. Okay, I guess that helps. But can he turn out an operation to turn out votes in New Hampshire? I don't know that he can. I don't know that Riddles and Vanderplath can in Iowa, except they have a really, really good track record, uh, both Reynolds and Vanderplatz. Now, there is a theory that if DeSantis wins, and by the way, I do actually think DeSantis can win Iowa. I, I do actually think he can, despite the Selzer poll, because you got to show up at a caucus. There's no early voting. you got to be willing to be there. you got to turn out your voters. DeSantis has this ground operation there doing that. So I, I think he can. you got Kim Reynolds and Bob Vanderplatz trying to help him do it. They've got a good track record. So you do that, suddenly Trump's no longer inevitable. You rebound in New Hampshire, but DeSantis is in fourth place in New Hampshire. And if Christie drops out, which at this point he probably should, given the Sununu endorsement, most of his voters, according to polls, go to Nikki Haley. So Haley then wins New Hampshire, rebounds where? South Carolina. Who used to be the governor of South Carolina? Nikki Haley. I, I think the DeSantis team has to think about these sorts of things and and see where it goes. I mean, the reality, though, is that Trump is ahead in all three states. And neither Haley nor DeSantis will win any of these states if they're not willing to actually take on Donald Trump directly and find a way to connect with voters. According to Selzer, something like 70% of Trump's voters are locked in for him at this point. That still leaves 30%. You take that 30% with their percentages, and you do have a margin for them to beat Trump. 
But they're not going to beat Trump if they're not willing to go on offense. If they're not willing to attack, they're they're not going to do it. And I don't yet really see that they're engaging in such a way to change those dynamics. And they're going to need to prove me wrong over the next six weeks until Iowa. It continues to get close.